Hello, my name is Sharon Kugler, and I'm the Yale University Chaplain, and welcome to Time for the Soul. Uh, today's guest is a close friend of the chaplaincy and also a, a wonderful, esteemed alum of Yale University <laughs> and former, former Woodbridge Fellow for the chaplaincy, Ivy Oniando, who um, graduated uh, from Yale class of 2011 and spent her following year post-graduation as a Woodbridge Fellow in our office and coordinated our global conference of chaplains that happened at Yale in 2012. Now, most importantly, she's an assistant professor of management and organizations at Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Ivy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Ivy's focus has really been studying bias and what behaviors incite deeper inequities and ways to create cohesive ways to be within communities. And we've had many conversations over the years about how to make the world a better place. And you are a big part of trying to do that in your teaching. And I have had this habit of kind of holding up this now very war-torn little <laughs> tablet when I first got the idea for this second season of Time for the Soul, and your name went right on it, Ivy, when I was thinking about work that is a calling. Mm -hmm. And what I put next to you was teaching and making change. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder if you'd talk to us a little bit about what goes through your mind when I bring that up and the idea of your teaching really as a vocation for change. Um, thanks for that prompt. You know, I've always wanted to be a teacher. I remember when I was in sixth grade, I wanted to be a sixth grade teacher slash interior decorator. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I don't have any interior decoration sense. I, I released that, I guess. <laughs> um, and then in college, I wanted to become a professor. Um, I think education has changed my life and changed the trajectory of my life, has opened my eyes to things I'd never considered before and helped me understand, um, especially this country that we live in. Um, and now I'm a business school professor. My training is in social psychology. So initially I would have been a psychology professor, um, but I learned more about becoming a, a business school professor and I learned more about the MBA after graduating from Yale actually, um, and thought of it as an opportunity to um, teach and educate people who are going to be leaders of you know, the country's biggest companies and firms. As Americans, we spend lots of our waking hours in at work and thinking about work. Um, and it's an important site, I think, for trying to address social change. Um, a lot of the disparities that are present in this country are due to differences in income. Um, and I mean, also other structural realities. Um, but those structural realities are, um, they persist in part because there's people in the workplace who, you know, are approving mortgages in a disparate manner um, or policing in a disparate manner or holding people accountable or not holding people accountable for discrimination and things like that. And so for me, um, in my research, I, I study and think about bias and discrimination and how we can um, reduce those things. And in my teaching, I I like to think and believe and hope that I'm teaching people who um, are pretty well placed to to make an impact um, in their through their work. Have you found in your teaching, and in, in particular because of your social psychology background, that you're 
uh, challenged and not necessarily in a negative way to get creative in how you sort of bring people into these conversations that might feel um, challenging or even to some threatening um, in terms of what they uh, think this career, this power is going to bring to them. So I will say my class is a, it's called Leading and Managing Teams. I don't actually teach like a specific diversity course, although one is offered and I think about it from time to time. I do try to bring in this content and I invite my students to bring it in. Um, the thing is that they are well aware that they are going to be asked to engage in issues related to diversity. Um, and so there's some threat, but there's also a lot of interest and in, in desire and value in sort of having these conversations. Um, so to the extent that a threat appears, it, seems, it sometimes is like interpersonal, mm-hmm. <laughs> like me being a professor, a black mm-hmm. woman, young, things like that, and sort of needing to exert authority. Um, there's rules or whatever in place. And, and, and if I want them to abide by that, that's sometimes where there can be a little bit of difficulty or uh, in the interactions, but actually the content, um, there's, in general, I found an openness to engage with it. And I actually really love hearing from them about what this stuff looks like on the ground. Um, I can study, the, and I, I tend to study the phenomena, the psychological phenomena that are related to diversity and inclusion, but they're really experiencing what it's like to have these in, interventions in place and you know what intention versus impact actually looks like for employees and what does it mean to... Um, try to improve inclusion in, in an organization. And so it's been a, a cool opportunity overall to, to, to get a better pulse on, on what's happening in organizations. Your work feels like hopeful work. And, you know, when I used the word thread, I was more, more it probably wasn't the right word, but it was more along the lines of, you know, challenging what people thought they knew. Right. You know, and sort of those things you hold as, oh, this must be at the heart of business and the way things, you know, need to go, mm-hmm. as opposed to let's rethink how we go about this and and how we train people and what we lift up as important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I try to help them realize that the same approaches that business people take for strategic decisions or marketing decisions we don't do things without sort of like collecting data on what's going on right now, evaluating what we've tried, et cetera. Those approaches are also useful here. Um, and in addition that, uh, you know, one of the pitches I give for myself as a lecturer to them is just like, and thinking about diversity is, you know, you don't want the first time you've ever thought deeply about diversity or any of these issues to be when your company's facing a crisis. So let's talk about these issues now in the classroom um, what comes up, what are the conflicts. It's generally not, um, forgive the pun, but black and white, it's generally not simple. Um, there's a lot of different things going on. And so um, I try to remind them that even in their strategic decisions that they're making about product placement or um, new product, this product versus that product, um, those decisions aren't easy either, but there there are processes and, and things in place to to make better decisions and to and to do things better. Um, and so, like, I, 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 I desire and, and want them to kind of take that same seriousness to, to these issues, the issues of diversity, inclusion, belonging, justice, et cetera. 
Well, and I love the notion of DEI work not being crisis <laughs> and that it is a value mm-hmm. and that it's not, you know, it, it, it isn't something you just sort of figure out and then move on don't think about it again. Right. And you, I mean, from the time you were an undergraduate at Ivy, I just always found you to be such a, a insightful young adult, but also, I mean, clearly brilliant. We all thought you were going to be president of a university, not... that, <laughs> <laughs> <Except>, you know, <laughs> working my way there. <laughs> I, mean, I used to tease you about that. Ah, president I Ivy. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I've let it go. I forgot that I used to say that. And now I'm like, what was I even talking about? Let's, no, let's Ivy, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I want to do the invocation. I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> yes, please. Please, please, please. <laughs> One of many. One of many people who want to do that. <laughs> But I, I mean, what I feel like you were made of when I first met you and has, and you've only sort of lived into that has been a person of, of hope that we can do better as human beings. And, um, and that's something that, you know, has to come from somewhere. There has to be something that also kind of refuels that in you to keep you going. Is there... Is there a way you have of talking about that that you could share? Is there a way I have what? To, to, to somehow articulate what is that oh. in you that keeps you going? Because that, that hope, the sparkle in your face, I'm looking at you, podcast, they can't see it, but it right. does my heart good all these years later, 10 years later, <laughs> <laughs> to still laugh with you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've you've dealt with hard things and you've had to go into situations and try to troubleshoot and, and have people think things through. But I do think it comes from a place of deep hope that we can and should do better by ourselves. Yeah, I think at core, I'm, a, I'm an optimist. Um, I believe that things can go better. And I, it's, but, and maybe sometimes I do feel a bit naive. I'm like, why, (laughs) why aren't we all trying harder? I don't understand. (laughs) Um, And so perhaps, but, but I, I think I've seen in myself, I have a, you know, I believe in the growth mindset that if we work at things um, we can learn to improve, that we can improve our, our performance or um, improve the way that we're doing things that we can better understand each other. Um, I've found it just even interpersonally, like just trying to talk with people when, when there's conflict and trying to understand their perspective has, al- has often yielded, you know, better insight, more understanding. And then my reaction, which was based on incomplete information, um, I both understand why I reacted the way that I did and why this person did what they did. I can try to communicate. And, you know, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I... I, I do think that I believe that things can can go better and be better. And I'm willing, I've always been willing to try to put in the work to do that, whatever that work is, to try to figure out what that work is, what would improve, what kind of readings do I need to do? Uh, what kind of exercises do I need to do to try to like make things go better? Um, and so I do, and I think, and I think that, come, you know, I was raised as a Christian, I was raised in the church, my family were immigrants. And so to immigrate to a new country um, and to, to keep pushing through despite all the challenges that come with that um, requires like a deep sort of optimism that is sometimes illogical, <laughs> mm-hmm. irrational, um, et cetera. And so I think it's sort of in my blood at this point. Um, I think seeing my mom like 
overcome a number of challenges and raise uh, the three, my sibling, I'm the oldest. Um, mm-hmm. She raised three siblings and we've all settled as adults well. Um, I think that gives me that level of hope. And um, being a student of history, I mean, so there's so far to go, but obviously, you know, the fact that I'm able to have gone to college or be in this country period or be a professor um, is evidence of great progress and a lot of work, civil rights movement, women's rights movements and things like that. And so um, those, a lot of those people didn't get to see today um, or get to see the progress that we've made, but they, they worked in the meantime. And so I think for me, I just, I'm just trying to make my contribution in whatever way that looks like in the meantime and hope and trust that um, there are so many people who are being awakened to the, the realities of this country and are joining in to do the work, whatever that looks like for them, raising their children to be more aware and more um, concerned. And Gen Z is just like <laughs> far and away. I mean, they're on another <laughs> level from what we were doing. <laughs> Even just the Yellies, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was re- really struck by that in 2015 when they were protesting and and it wasn't just the black students or just the students of color. It was a multiracial, um, super diverse group of people saying like, we want this campus to belong to everybody to that everyone would feel welcome. And so those kinds of things give me hope and are inspiring to me as well. Well, I want to just say knowing you gives me hope Ivy. And I want to thank you for the work that you do and will continue to do in this world. We're blessed to have you in it. And it was a pleasure to have you on Time for the Soul. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Um, And I wish you all the best. Time for the Soul is produced by Ryan McAvoy, created by Sharon Kugler, Maytal Satiel, and Sean Mignon. Our music is by J.P. Durvin. This has been a production of the Yale Broadcast Studio.